0: The Inside the Ring Podcast, and it's coming to you pres- presented by InsideTheRing.com, your one-stop shop for all your NHL, ECHL news, insight, analysis. Maddie, Smitty, and Connor back with you again. In our first item, Bobby Orr is now in NHL 24. And, uh, or the ghost of Bobby Orr, as many has played it and uh, has this review. Yeah.
1: Little glitch. Uh, yeah. When I first played it, uh, you could see the puck and you could see his name underneath where the character was supposed to be. But you could not see the actual character. So you could not see Bobby Orr within the game. Uh, he, wa- he, is, he was named the, the Holy Ghost, Father, Son, Holy Ghost, and for how Gretzky mm-hmm. and, and Orr. And uh, he certainly appeared to be the Holy Ghost in this video game because uh, he was making plays like a flash out there. You could not see him uh, on either team. So he was on my team and he was on the other team. Uh, so it looked like we were skating four and four. And then all of a sudden you'd run into a brick wall that happened to be Bobby Orr. Uh, so it was, a, it was a wandering puck. It was a wandering. Well, you could see like the You could see the stick handling. So you could see the puck move from side to side, but you couldn't see the stick, the player nothing so ea sports mm. it's in the game
2: <laughs> that is what we call redefining the position <laughs> yes right yes. Yeah. yeah
0: it was it was undefined the uh you know having his likeness which they did a decent job with and like the old school gloves and everything yeah. doesn't make a whole lot of sense if you don't show him
1: yeah i feel like you need to show him on the screen it's it's yeah. kind of you know one of the perks of of actually having them in the game is to be able to see him right. when you're playing with it uh yeah. yeah so they you know Gretzky and Lemieux have been in there for years and this is his first appearance in in uh, any kind of a video game so there you go pretty when did pretty it start 92 uh yeah the NHL series I believe started in 90 the or EA. 91 right with okay. EA. Uh, and then there's been, uh, some other people, 2k made a version in 2007, 2008, I believe. Uh, and, uh, but EA's had the exclusive rights for a long time and the game has suffered because of that, but that's an entirely different story for a different podcast.
0: Yeah. 30, almost 35 years of, of NHL on EA sports, Mm -hmm. but that's, that's disappointing. Like it, to me, like, I want to see Bobby Orr, like the hair, the, yeah, I just want to see it. I want to see it. You know, please let me see it.
1: Let me see it. Now it's
0: just. Sorry. (laughs) Jesus. Um, All right. So let's not screw that up. Two minute minor. Uh, Quinn Hughes. Fewest games to 20 points for a defenseman in NHL history. He is third uh, with 12 games played. He had a 20th point behind Paul Coffey. John Carlson in the
1: aforementioned Robert Orr. Yeah, I mean, pretty good. Pretty good company to be in there. Those those three, and then Al McGinnis, Dennis Potvin, a couple times in Oregon. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty amazing company to be in there. Cale uh, yeah. McCarr had, uh, just was the quickest to 250 points in NHL history for defensemen. That's a, what's another yeah. uh, unbelievable feat. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, Quinn Hughes, you know, the Hughes family, we've talked about it before, you know, could they be the greatest hockey family in the history of the league? It's certainly... You know, maybe trending in that direction with the way that uh, that Quinn and and Jack are playing and and Luke coming o- coming along really well there with the uh, with the Devils and Jack.
0: Yeah, if Jack could win the the Hart. Sure, Quinn could win the Norris, and maybe a Conn Smythe in there. Sure, could have a could have a, a a host of of awards for the Hughes family all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Esposito family obviously is right right I guess right there with with Phil and Tony, but. The Hughes uh are just excellent players. Jack has been outstanding. Yeah, he's, he's hurt uh, now, right? Really he, he he was hurt with a concussion. Yeah. Uh he's he's out for a bit. Um and Quinn uh is right
1: behind him and then um who's the other Hughes? Luke. 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 Plays Hughes. plays yeah. with uh with Jack on the Devils on the devil's right.
2: Everybody always forgets the youngest brother. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's see the younger. Yeah. I don't know. But, but Quinn is, is pretty, pretty darn good. Uh, hey, the Ryan Reeves comments. So Brad Marchand, uh, people saying that he slew foot uh, Timothy Logren in the corner. Uh, I didn't think it's you know, as much. I thought maybe it was a trip, but then Ryan Reeves comes out and says that he didn't love the response. Sheldon Keith said he didn't love the response from his team. But wasn't it really Ryan Reeves' fault that in the first place? Because he's the enforcer; he's not there to score points because he has zero. I still believe. Uh, so that's a that's a problem. So I'm just wondering who is he? Who is
1: he aiming
0: that at, and why wasn't he at the forefront?
1: Is he aiming it at the coach for not putting him out on the ice when Marchand was out there? I mean, is that that's, that's the, an interesting point? That's the only thing that I can think of. Is he said, you know it wasn't a response maybe he's talking to the teammates that were on the ice at the time at the time
2: could right. be that too yeah, that's the argument yeah because I mean, he wasn't on the ice yeah um, when it happened um and to fact check here for you matt you are correct in 13 games played ryan reeves has zero goals zero assists zero points and is a dashing dash nine
1: dash nine okay so he, so he is he in the running for the for the Masters already? I know there used to be there used to be uh, one of the guys, Mike Commodore, somebody who used to, yeah. Mike yeah. It's yeah. the uh,
2: the Masters, the the Masters, um, the the minus
1: the minus, minus. Flares, the players, who, whoever. <laughs> wins the minus at the end of the the largest uh, minus at the end of the year is a masters wow. champion so uh wow. yeah he's in he's in he's in the early running there uh, you know at the turn yeah. at the quarter yeah. turn uh for the masters The uh, that's not good at all and and it's no. interesting because you you a guy like that that's his sole purpose for being on the team so for him to not even if he's out there against some other guy, take a run to somebody else, beat up somebody else, somebody. you know, right. if you're so worried about a response in some form of fashion, you know, beat up one of the Bruins defensemen. just right. grab the guy right. and beat him up. Or go get Pasternak or something.
2: Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Somebody. So, yeah. I mean, it- and to, uh, to throw this in there as well. Um, and fact check that one, Ryan Reeves at a dash nine is 12th in the, Big. Um, none to surprise you that one, two, three, four, five, Sh- sharks six, players, seven, eight <laughs> of those twelve players above him are sharks players. <laughs> eight out of twelve.
1: If it was, if, the, if the Masters was a team competition, the Sharks would be oh. running away with oh, it. Oh, the Sharks now, are running
2: away with it. One thing that surprises me, and I think we can throw this in here as a quick topic. Um, and then another one that shouldn't surprise us with recent news. Number three on the list at a Dash 13, Matty Beneers. Ooh. And then thirteen. Wow. number four on the list in recent news, who is a Dash 12. Can you guess this winger who plays in Canada?
0: Uh, 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 plays so, in Canada. Somebody on say... Edmonton? Is it, is no, is it? Uh, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be McDavid. is like a minus four.
1: No, he's uh, a center, too. Oh, he's a center, yeah.
2: It is uh, a winger, it's a winger on and a they bad play team, obviously. In Canada, they play in Canada. Um, isn't it sad that there's really only one good Canadian team right now? Yeah, yeah. I don't, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know who that'd be. <laughs> Running out of time, Jonathan Huberto, who got benched oh, in right. the third oh, yeah. period of the oh, Flames yeah. game last. He's week. been getting
0: hammered since he got traded there. Yeah, <laughs> and that's he had a he had down year. You know, forty something points less than he had the year before, and yeah. then this year, yeah, he was benched the other night for a long period of time. That's not um, not good at all.
2: Just for chuckles, I'll round out the other two players in here. I won't single out any Sharks players. You guys have had it rough enough. Uh, but number nine, Nazem Kadri, a dash ten.
1: Ooh, yeah, also of wow. Calgary.
2: And number ten, an also dash ten, Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Mikhail Sergachev. Wow, Ooh, that's wow. surprising. That's surprising. Minus ten. Wow! And that, my wow. friends, is your master's <laughs> update for this week. Sharks, yeah.
0: eight sharks, and then a couple other guys. <laughs> wow, that's. Uh, do you know who had the the master last year? Like the worst plus minus last year? What teams were bad? Like,
2: yeah, time out. I got you. Arizona,
1: Arizona, mm-hmm. probably right. Arizona could have been someone from San Jose last year too. Um, yeah,
2: it was. Flyers
1: could be someone from the Flyers.
2: Number one, at a dash forty-seven. Ouch! A Monsieur Thomas Hertel of the San Jose Tom, Sharks. Hertel. Oh. Wow! For a winger
0: to have that is wow. That's, that's and then minus at 47. dash
2: forty-six, uh, Mario Ferraro, also a Sharks player. Also I a Sharks
1: player. Wow! That's so the Sharks act, you Tomas know, Hertel. They're looking to build a dynasty here in the Masters oh, Masters wait, Championship. Out, time out, time out. Well, Tomas oh, did have a goal last night in
0: a 3-2 win over the Edmonton Oilers, so that was good for him.
2: Okay, time out. That was calculating last year and this year. Oh, All together. Oh, okay, okay, so together. to okay. jump back, right, it is a <laughs> defenseman okay. for last year at dash 41. Okay. It's still pretty goddamn high. I Ch- mean, this that's not
0: Chikrin. Is it Chikrin? No.
2: It is a Columbus Blue Jackets defenseman, and you're never gonna guess his name. It's not Andrew um, Peake.
0: Andrew Peake <laughs> <Andrew laughs> at minus forty one. The master, Most master
2: notable Peek. tied for second place at Dash 38. Seth Jones and Jordan mm. Cairo.
0: Okay. Wow. So Seth Jones make a lot of money to be minus thirty-eight. Sure is. Yeah. Wow. Jordan Cairo. Wow. That's uh,
2: Yeah, he's basically making three million dollars per Dash 10. <laughs> <laughs> Three.
0: <laughs> wow, that's uh yeah, so Shannon, San Jose Sharks have
1: uh what's the what's the over under? You got a place of futures on uh I, I think it's got a non shark winning it. It's got to oh, be my, minus 50. It's got to be the over under, but the a yeah, non shark I
2: don't know. I mean, the odds are going to be flip-flopping right now. The San Jose Sharks are on a heater right they are. now. That a is true. A two game heater. win streak. Yeah,
1: I think it's are. still minus 50 though. I think it's still minus so. fifty. You have to get on DraftKings Sportsbook uh
0: future. Yeah. On that one. Code ITR. Uh, Zidane O'Chara ran the New York City Marathon in 31919. Uh, and he cut 19 minutes off the Boston Marathon run. This is his fifth marathon in the last six months.
1: That's ridiculous. For
0: someone who's what six nine, two fifty probably.
1: 255. Unbelievable. Like, that's unbelievable. Look at him, though. That he could do that. Look I mean, at how good is, of a shape he is. Look at those arms. He, he, he's in yeah. tremendous shape. He looks like a pterodactyl or something. Like He's just like, he's he's huge.
0: And yeah. There's no body fat on him at all. No. I just worry about the knees and back. He's 40, what is he, 47 years old. I mean, your knees and back and the recover is just... I'm he doesn't even
1: take the t- he doesn't even take the time to recover. No, he doesn't no. so it said no. he ran uh, Jackson Hole in Wyoming on september twenty third and then eight days later, he ran the main marathon, and then less than two weeks after that, he finished the Bay State Marathon in Lowell Mass with a personal record of three sixteen. So it doesn't seem like he has any intention of slowing down because he also said in an interview, with, I believe, the New York Post, that he was going to run all the other major marathons along with Boston and New York, which is London, Tokyo, Berlin, and Chicago. So he's got, like, another four or five thing on the docket to go along with the five he's already run. He's going to run, like, That's ten in a year. That's insane.
0: That's unbelievable. You know what we need to do? We need to get Zdeno on the program. We could talk marathons with him. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem. Have I mean, he needs again. my <laughs> point, if he, if he needs my, out.
1: any pointers... Uh, I will be glad. Yeah, to help him. I, I feel like if you we're know? if we're gonna have him on the long program, strides. if we're gonna have yeah. him on the program, we probably should not talk marathons. <laughs> just no, just no. throwing it long, out there. Long
0: strides, Z. Yeah,
1: long strides. I think yeah. we should talk about hockey or uh, some other Bruins related yeah. stories. Maybe some Islanders and Senators. You know, tidbits from back in the day. Probably sure. not. You know, his personal best in the Tokyo Marathon. Just throwing no, that I mean, out. Nobody, there. nobody knows long strides like me, though. I could I could help him. Yeah, I mean, with the long strides. You are a short king. Uh, one of your I strides, he probably could just like take a stride over the top of you as he was right. running. <laughs> like one foot here, the okay. next foot goes over the top of your head, yes. and then he puts it down on the, like, he, like, your head be would be in like his crotch half area. Half low hurdle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that kind
2: of thing. Yeah. It yeah. would just be like a tea bag right on your bed. That's yeah, nice.
0: yeah it just bouncing right off the top.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's you know, hearkening back to the Adam Oates story, you right. wouldn't even have to bend over to <laughs> no. to have the microphone yeah. at his balls, you could just stand yeah. right up, a, it, it a would a be right there. So it's, you, you, it's you'd, mis- have to, you'd have to be like <laughs> yeah. reaching yeah. your arm up as high yeah. as you could be to reach like, his mouth, <laughs> you'd be like yeah. jumping, yeah. jumping up and down, yeah. holding, yeah. It, yeah. holding yeah. it, holding your microphone up. It's a pinata. yeah, it's a short king. Yeah, a stick to get, get up there, yeah. Selfie uh, stick. Yeah.
2: We're not making fun of you, Matt. We're laughing with no, you. No, we're you laughing promise. with me. Yeah, yeah. of course,
1: yeah. of course. And
0: I'll begin laughing shortly.
2: <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Matt
0: Savoy, Matt Savoy, welcome to the NHL. 2022 ninth overall pick of the Buffalo Saber, and he will join the Sabers and play tonight on Friday night uh, in his NHL debut with Winnipeg of the WHL. Last season, sixty-two games, thirty-eight goals, fifty-seven assists, ninety-five points for Savoy.
1: It's a pretty good, pretty good wow, year. Pretty good. And they have a lot of, you know, they have a lot of prospects in the system, a lot of good young yeah. talent there in Buffalo. They just got to figure out a way to put it all together. The That's been games. yeah been the case the last couple of years, where the the talent's starting to shine through now, and now they just got to figure out ways to win.
0: To me, they're somewhat disappointing. They're 6-6-1. Six, six, and one. Yeah. Second to last place. In full the stop.
2: Er, oh. Full stop. I'm going to throw the Buffalo Sabres love back into the equation here. All right? Oh, love. Okay. So if you're looking at the Buffalo Sabres statistic, you're about to rattle off 6-6-1, six, six, and one, second to last place. Right. What you're going to leave out is they're three points away from being in second place in the division. Well, yes. This team is nowhere near out of it. They are a very young team. You are right. They are young in a specific spot, and that is goaltending, mm-hmm. which everybody knows is crucial. The only reason why the Bruins are sitting so astronomically far uh, ahead of the Atlantic and everybody else is so close together mm-hmm. is goaltending. Yeah, So. I mean- Definitely not a time to be a downer on the Sabers. There's no panic button to be hit yet. I think they've won um, some pretty crucial games recently that I think they can build off of, and I think that they are going to surprise you this year.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I mean they beat the Avalanche uh, on October 29th. They beat the Maple Leafs on November 4th. They do have they have given up 41 goals the goal differential is even. So you're speaking about the goaltending. So that's an issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're talented. The only thing is the only caveat is, is that they don't have a ton of history of success.
1: Yeah. That, I mean, I you think it, that's what right. it is. It's, it's the experience. Like they'll, they'll be there. Like, I think they're good enough to be there, but it's the experience of, can you win when you need to win? You know, do they have defense outside of Owen power and Rasmus Dalin? probably well, they not. brought
2: in Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton, yeah. two players who are from winning teams to come in right. and help solidify that defense and I think right. that's going to pay more dividends as time goes on and they have more time playing with and working with these younger defensemen and goalies uh, yeah. on the team. I I mean I
0: yeah, maybe Eric Johnson will do that. Cliffy hockey. I mean, I wouldn't put any any eggs in that basket. I mean, he, at times he's really good and you're like, wow, you know, he should play more. And then once he does, it's a catastrophic situation. (laughs) Like he, he just, he floats around and he gets out of position and he gets out of his mind some uh, on the ice. And we've seen that as Bruins fans and podcasters is that he is a prototypical, like seventh D man. You know, you put him in there for a week, get him out of there before he gets overexposed. So they brought him in as a top, Four. You know, they brought him in like this guy's going to probably push for top four minutes. And I'm just not sure that that's, you know, just from experience of watching him a lot. I just don't think that that's that's a good call.
1: Yeah, he's he's something he, he's just all over the place. I mean, he really is. Yeah. I mean, he'll go out of his way to throw a hit, you know, which is great if he catches the guy. But sometimes True. he doesn't. And then, right. you know, the other team has a two on one. Or he'll jump up he in the play, suspended. bad pinch, get right. suspended. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, yeah, so, so there. I mean, there's definitely issues with his game that I think the more ice time he gets, the more um, you you kind of don't get what you're hoping for from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, you kind of get disappointed with his play. You know, the more and more ice time he gets, if you if you can limit his ice time and he's a third pair guy for you, uh, and and he's just out there kind of stirring things up and giving you energy and that kind of thing, then I think he can help you. But, uh, if you're counting on him to be one of your mainstays on the back end, uh, you're counting on the wrong guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, the postseason last year, he was a healthy scratch for much of it goes in for one game and was, a, it was a disaster <laughs> and then came right back, like came right back out. So it was, you know, he, he didn't even play, uh, in the post season, that first round for Boston. So, um, that's, that's kind of where the rubber meets the road there. If they their goaltending isn't great, um, you know, maybe it'll get better. Uh, they have some youth there, so maybe it'll get better. But, you know, their defense, they, they may – and maybe they can add a guy. I mean, it's there's no sure. doubt that they can go add a guy. But I would think that that might be what they need to do, is, is go add a guy at the deadline. If they're really serious about making some strides this year and making the playoffs, maybe winning a round, you go get a guy. You go get a guy this year and show that you're serious. Uh, all right, five minute major. The Oilers are in chaos. Jack Campbell waves sent to the AHL. They lose to the San Jose Sharks, three to two Thursday night. Not even Connor McDavid can save
1: these guys. No, I don't think so. I, I think it's. No. Uh, I think it's to the point where you're going to have to see some kind of a major shakeup. Um, you know, there's rumors out there that they're looking for goaltending. Uh, I've heard the Bruins mentioned possibly, uh, Carter Hart with Philadelphia mentioned, uh, Saros with Nashville, I believe mentioned. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's going to need to be some serious changes there, uh, in order for them to kind of right this ship, especially with the, with the, um, the, I can't think of the word. The uh, impending doom. N- well, <laughs> true, what they were, what they were, um, what they were oh, wanted to, to be. Yes, projected to yeah. be, or what they yeah. what they were expecting to be. Come the right. uh, you know the season, they were Stanley Cup contenders. Uh, yeah. You know, so <laughs> they, they, sure they were.
2: They, they need. I think what's worse, like if you're an Oilers fan you look at it and you see that Jack Campbell just got sent down to the AHL and you're like, oh, my God, we just got Calvin Pickard up from the AHL. Woo. Well, Jack Campbell in his first game in the AHL saw this. just gave up four goals. Yeah. That, yeah. So well, hey, Here's this.
0: Here's, here's this. It was the right move sending him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, you yeah. Um,
2: there you go. There you go. I won't you know, go into the the Oilers and the Bruins trade aspect so much because you guys had Ardo Cal on your your recent Bruins Benders podcast. Um, so I'll link that in the card above on YouTube here. Um, and people can click on that to view that. But the one name that I did here that I think is kind of interesting and I want to hear your opinions on is UC Saros from the Nashville Predators. Mm-hmm. There's apparently been some scuttlebutt around the league that the Oilers have some interest in him. And the Predators obviously have been willing to make some deals this offseason and move a lot of key pieces off their lineup and bring in new players. So, Tyler, you first, your opinion on what do you think the Oilers would have to give up to get a player like UC Sorrows from the Predators? Jew. Uh, I don't know. I i don't know.
1: Would they give up like a guy like Nugent Hopkins or somebody like that? Like that was bandied about a little bit. Uh, it seems like a lot to give up, but you know, they're kind of over a barrel. So I think you're going to have to give probably more than you want to in order to um, you know, get that goaltender away from someone else. Everybody knows, everybody in the league knows that you're struggling in that. So they're not going to give their goalie away, you know, for a third round pick or something like that. You're going to have to pay and pay a, a ransom for them. So yeah,
2: nobody's throwing you a life preserver. No. They are throwing you anchors and cinder blocks.
1: Absolutely true. Right.
2: I, and I think, you know,
0: Saros is a career, you know, 920 save guy. You know, he's decent. He's pretty good. Um I would say that's twenty eight. Yeah, he's twenty eight and he's uh, he has one year left on a five million dollar deal. I don't know again if you need to take on some money from that, if that changes return at all. Um but the but the oilers definitely need to give whatever abundance they have. Their strength is their is their forwards, obviously. So they're gonna have to give up our Nugent Hopkins or another forward or some or a pick. You know, maybe they give up their first round pick. I mean, if they really believe that they're going to make a run here and get back into it and pick way down the first round, then give up your first round pick um, for it. So I would assume it's going to be a high pick and a player uh, of some sort. And I don't know what the money is going to look like going back and forth either, but um you know, they 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 need to do something. And I don't think Omark's gonna be the guy because I just don't think the Bruins are gonna do that. They're really hell bent on, on the platoon at goaltender. They wanna make the playoffs. Uh they will make the playoffs, it seems. I mean they're off to a great start to do it. Usually by Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, you're if you're in there, then you're gonna be in the playoffs. So they're way ahead of, of people. So I think that uh, he will he'll be off the off the market. So I think um, you know, you go and do what you need to do to show up the goaltending. You're probably going to get your coach fired, maybe get your GM fired. There'll be some real moving parts there and in instability. If you can work through that and get your goaltending right, then maybe you can make another deal at the deadline for another defenseman or somebody to help you out. So, but I think it starts there. You know, you got to you probably got to fire your coach and you got to get a goaltender. Those are those are the first two items.
2: The Bruins so. would roughly have to play about 6 to 6:30 hockey the rest of the way mm-hmm. to make playoff points numbers.
1: Mm. Yeah, I I don't I don't think. I mean, I think the Bruins are probably in, unless there's some kind of a catastrophic right. um, situation there with injuries or something like that. Mm-hmm. The goaltending in Boston is the strength; they're not going to mm-hmm. they're not going to deal their strength away. That's the one strength they had going into the season. Well, not the one, but their main strength going into the season. Um, I'm looking also at Cyrus's numbers here. He's four and seven this year with a two nine six and a nine oh five save percentage with one shutout, which is good because uh, they're a last place team. Um, but then the other question is with Edmonton, if you bring a guy like that in, you know, what's to say that it's going to change anything. Yeah. He's better than what you have, but your defense is not good. Edmonton's defense is not good. So, I mean, it's, it's not as bad as Toronto say as, as, you know, over the years where their defense has been kind of the thorn in their side is what's kept them from advancing in the playoffs, but it's not good. Uh, so, you know, Darnell Nurse is your anchor back there. He's not a number one defenseman. He just isn't. He is on that team because they paid him to be, and that's all yeah, they had. Exactly. Yeah, That's all they had, but he's not on anyone else's playoff contending team. He's not a number one. So, no. you know, their their defense isn't going to help the situation. So you bring somebody like Saros in, yeah, he'll probably be a, bit, a little bit better for you, but he's not going to be enough to make the difference to put you over the top. It just doesn't. Did you see the the, the
0: Leafs defense? Was it last night? Or was it last night? The Leafs defense, like, running around like crazy. Like, it's just people unmarked all over the net. Like, it was just, I mean, my goodness. I mean, these people, this is why the Bruins, this is why the Bruins have been consistently good is because they believe in defensive structure and goaltending. Like, that's what they believe in. And sometimes it's... Sometimes it's sometimes it's frustrating because sometimes they may not score as many goals and not the greatest, most entertaining type of hockey for fans and so forth. And but they consistently stay in games, consistently win games. That so they're in the playoffs, they have a chance. Like and these other teams, like the Oilers and Leafs, just don't seem to get that. They just don't
2: seem to get it. I mean, look and, at the um, Tampa yeah. Bay Lightning and the Vegas Golden Knights. They all play that defensive, structured style game, and they. You know, Mm -hmm. they have a few players on their team that will ooh and ah people with their offense. But, Mm -hmm. you know, ultimately it comes down to defense.
0: Right. And Cassidy comes into that situation in Vegas and they win. They win the cup. Right. with They had the pieces in place. They just needed the right coach and the right system. Yeah, the right structure. And they won.
1: Yeah, and they got good, and they got good goaltending. You know, Aiden Hill yeah. was was really good yeah, in, in out the of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, in the playoffs. So I mean, it's goaltending, it's it's defense. You know, Vasilevsky, mm-hmm. obviously in Tampa there. So um, you know, you build from the from the net out. You know, you need a you right. need a good goalie. You need good defense, and then you know, if you can have forwards that score, that's great. But mm-hmm. you need the other two in order to to sur- <laughs> to survive in this league. You know, if you. If you have bad goaltending, it's, you know, yeah, you, have, yeah. you really don't have a shot. Just ask the Flyers, right? you know. Right. They've been- and,
0: and, and here's the beauty of the NHL. You don't need the best goaltender in the league because no. in the playoffs, you just need someone to get hot. I mean, look at Bobrovsky. He was good at one time, but then he was terrible. He Bennington. Bennington, too. And Bennington as well. And now in Aiden Hill, you know, just not, you know, just sort of a career journeyman type of guy. Like, you just need to get hot at that time. But for the length of the regular season, You need good goaltending. You can't just be a dumpster fire in net, And it it changes your whole dynamic and your whole culture of your team when your goaltending sucks, you know, and especially if your defense isn't great because now it's just
1: taking on water. You're just not very good. So did you you see this about it? Did you see the, sorry, did you see the Calgary uh, goaltender the other night? I, I don't know if uh, I don't know if you saw this from, from last night. Um, they they Calgary loses to Vancouver five uh, two. They outshot Vancouver thirty to sixteen, but <laughs> Anton Forsberg for Calgary sixteen shots, eleven saves, a six eighty eight. Yeah. Woof, yeah. I mean. Talk yeah. about bad. I mean, yeah. no wonder Huberto and Kadri are minus 10. If your Which goaltender has. Is a, that? What? Which it's goalie uh, was that? Dustin Wolf? No, Anton Forsberg. Okay, okay, okay. So if, yeah. you, if you have, uh, you know, if you get that kind of goaltending, it doesn't matter who's on the ice in front of them. You know, I mean, right. 688, that's, I mean, that's bad. awful.
0: Yeah, I mean, didn't they bring up Wolf? I thought they. I thought they, they, did. Saw they
1: brought up Wolf.
0: They did. Uh, you'll probably see him now. Yeah, but Andy, I think you will. Was not. Uh, was not very good at all.
2: Um, now, yeah, while it, no, you guys, it was, uh, it was the
0: Senators.
1: Was it the Senators? Uh, I thought it said. Van- I thought it was Vancouver. No, I, you know,
0: I think it's. I think it might. He have plays been, for the Senators.
1: Been, yeah. I think it might. Have, was it Wolf? Hold on a minute. Wolf plays for Calgary. Oh maybe I'm Oh yeah, it was for the Senators. I'm sorry. It was for the Senators. Yeah. Yeah, Senators 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 Vancouver, Um, not Calgary. Right. Anton Forsberg. Right.
0: He he was a he was terrible. Yeah. And that and that's where it falls apart right there. You can't have that. Um, and as there's another team, the Senators, that I thought would be pretty good. They have good talent. They have a lot of good young talent. But again, if you're goaltending and defense fail you.
1: And that's not and they only gave out what, 16 shots 16 I mean, shots 16? yeah they outshot yeah, him 30 to two. 16. <laughs> yeah I mean they I mean I they, do have, they do have they do have who who is um you know not a great defensive hurt. defenseman
2: yeah.
1: um he's hurt is Shabbat hurt I think is Shabat Shabbat
2: yeah here I'll pull up there Chikrin, uh, I believe
1: I believe Chiran played last night in that game and I think he was minus two if I'm not mistaken oh was he
2: because I think yeah. Zub is hurt. I think either Chikrin or Shabbat is hurt. I think Shabbat is hurt.
0: Let's yeah. see here. I mean, they're, they're not. I mean, they, I just Thomas
2: Shabbat is on LTIR. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, I saw that.
2: Zub hasn't been playing, so yes, yeah. Chikrin did play last night.
0: You're correct. And uh, Branstrom's out with injury. Yeah, they have a I don't know They're kind of just throwing in the towel at this Yeah, Haminick on the team. But after that, Jake Sanderson after that they uh they're weak. And then Corpusalo is their backup or their not their backup, their starter. Yeah. But um yeah, now, that's that's not a good sign at all.
2: To turn things in a more positive direction, while you guys were talking about Winning the Stanley Cup And players on the Stanley Cup A little something came out On the Twitterverse The Pittsburgh Penguins On February 18th On their game versus the Los Angeles Kings Mm -hmm. Will raise a banner And retire the jersey number For two-time Stanley Cup Champion Number 68 Yarmir Yager. Yager Really?
0: Really? J.J., yeah, Thank he's God, what, fifty five years old now.
2: He's still playing yeah. hockey. Yeah, still, still playing. playing
0: hockey. Part time. The, the Yager. Time. I'll tell you what, Yager, when he was with Boston there for that year, I mean they they almost won the cup, and he he you know he did pretty well for them. I mean he he. Uh, Yago was just unbelievable. Him and Lemieux, were like two people, you just immovable objects that just, you couldn't get the puck from them. No. It was just, I remember in the early 90s when they were just a wagon mm-hmm. and they couldn't, you couldn't get the puck away from them, particularly on like the power play. Like every, the game seemed so slowed down when they got the puck and they could, just seemed like they could do whatever they want. He
2: just and sticks he his ass out. And there's yeah. There's no way you can move around. Yeah.
0: In. I mean, I, and I feel like he doesn't get enough credit. Bro, because his numbers are off the charts. Yeah, they like are. his numbers are off the charts. I mean, you could you could make a case he's a top ten player in the history of the game. Like he's just he was just a he's just fabulous, and I feel like he's not in the conversation when people start rattling off. Okay, who's the top ten players in the game? You start rattling off people,
2: and Yager so doesn't Mount he, Rushmore of hockey. Yeah, yeah. the the Yager <laughs>
0: does not. He's not on Mount Rushmore. He's not on Mount Washington. He's not on any of those mounts. <laughs> no. So I don't, I don't know. I, but I just think he was, I mean, he just dynamite. He played forever. He's still playing.
1: Yeah. Where uh, would you, I mean, if, where would you put him on the Mount Rushmore of, of Pittsburgh even, you know, you have, yeah, I mean, Lemieux, you have Lemieux and Crosby, coffee. Crosby, you have Coffee, coffee Yager, Yager, Yager. Latang. Yeah. I mean, would he be mentioned though? Like would people, and people in Pittsburgh probably would, but outside of Pittsburgh, yeah. if you ask people, you know they would say Lemieux and Crosby but they probably wouldn't mention Yager you know no it would take a little bit yeah yeah.
2: that's probably because he diluted his career in Pittsburgh to some extent by you know trickling through so many other teams yeah at the, right. the end of at his, the his end. career yeah he and on. you know if yeah. you ask most people about you know Yamer Yager and they're uh, a Bruins fan or um, say, a Rangers fan or something like that, some of the other fringe teams that he played for, they really wouldn't have much of an experience or an opinion on right, him, I don't right, think. Right. It would just be, I mean, I feel you like know, they have associate to be, him with right. the Penguins.
0: You almost have to be 50 years old to really understand how good Yagra was because that's when he was really good, early to mid-90s. Like, that's yeah. when he was really good. So some of this younger generation, they don't really realize they just see him as a hanger on or almost a novelty type thing toward the end of his career. But mm-hmm. during his prime, holy smokes, like he was just, uh, the traveling. I mean, he's just, yeah. he's just unbelievable. His possession game. He said with his ass out, like yeah. just can't, can't get the puck from him. It's just amazing. It really is. Um, all right, Minnesota Wild make two trades. How about that? Two trades already for the Wild. Um, and uh, if I had my glasses on, I'd see that, but what uh, <laughs> What are the trades, and give it to me now. <laughs>
2: yeah. I've got you covered. Okay. So the San Jose Sharks, they traded Kalen Addison, a defenseman in the first trade for a forward prospect from the Sharks and a fifth-round pick. Okay. And then shortly thereafter, while everybody was leaping for joy, Mm-hmm. Word started trickling out. Here comes trade number two. Zach Bogosian goes from the Tampa Bay Lightning to the Minnesota Wild in exchange for a seventh-round pick. Mm. So they gain a fifth and Zach Bogosian, Mm -hmm. and they get rid of Kalen Addison and a seventh-round pick.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting.
2: And to put it in perspective here, in case you are unfamiliar with these players, you can go to insidetherink.com. Our local Minnesota Wild writer, Mickey T, covered both of these trades and wrote a breakdown of both. And I'll give you the quick synopsis here from my point of view on reading those. It sounds like the Minnesota Wild got rid of a more offensively gifted defenseman and turn that into a more gritty, defensive, stay-at-home, beat-you-up-in-the-corner-style defenseman. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a little tougher, harder to play against.
0: Yeah, I consider Minnesota a little bit of a disappointment, to be honest with you. I mean, I, thought they, I had them going to the cup final, I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> like a fool. Uh, and I thought they'd go there last year, too. Like, I really believe in the Wild and their roster, but for some reason, um, another team that just doesn't seem to really get it together.
2: For some reason, is another way of saying fourteen million dollars in dead cap space. Yeah.
0: yeah, well, that that's not great. That's not good cap, uh, cap management for sure. They're five, six, and two. Again, two points away from the Blackhawks and Predators for last, uh, but only five points out of first. And a it's bunch the time.
2: Macklin Celebrini watch, my friends. The yes, Macklin Celebrini Macklin
0: watch. Celebrini. So right now, you'd have Sharks and Oilers. Can you imagine if the
2: Oilers get Celebrini?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's the, other way yeah. that's the other way you go it. That's the other way you go with it. Trey get whatever you can for him, and and kind of tankish, and get Celebrini, or one of the other top two or three, really can't miss kind of guys, and there you go. Then you go with, with McDavid and Celebrini and... Boy, that would be interesting. I think I don't I think. Imagine it. the
2: disaster for San Jose. and the yeah. meltdown that people would have. Yeah, if the Oilers got Celebrini. And oh, it would Zola be like pick. yeah, it, 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 like it, sure it
1: That's done. why I, I was just going to say. I think the league will rig it so that Edmonton cannot get the, the right. first pick so they again. Go they've gotten again. they've gotten too many of them over the last few years, right. and they can't do anything with it. Edmonton's a horrible market for the league. Right. Uh, you know they they basically. Rigged it so that Conor Bedard would go to a, a big market, original six team, uh, you know. To
2: no, try and cover up some PR. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah exactly. That's exactly. To too. try to
1: cover yeah. up some PR and, and take some heat off that. They sold out their season tickets and record time and all that stuff. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, if, 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 if the league has any say in that, which I think they do have some to a certain degree uh, there will Are you be
2: saying that they get to pick which cards they flip yeah. over in what yeah. order yeah,
1: I think yeah, they do if it's i think that, that's no. secretive
2: like that. anything
0: <laughs> that's secretive and not shown is is room for but, but you
2: thing. guys there's <laughs> a couple writers that the league lets in the room to watch it happen, okay, oh, yeah really? just, just a couple, okay. but they're there, okay. Okay. And selected by the league. Oh, good. So He's they're following.
0: on the payroll. Okay, yeah. so that's fine. No, that's yeah. fine.
2: But they're there. Um, yeah, there they, they are. are. For transparency. Transparency. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh gets Crosby when they're bankrupt. And, mm-hmm. you know, Bedard goes to Blackhawks when they're, you know, complete. So can
2: we be can we be silly and stupid with this? Are we NHL draft lottery deniers? Yes. Yes.
0: Yes, I think any sort of draft is is a farce, to be honest. We'll have to go
2: put the poll out and see. Is the NHL draft lottery rigged?
0: Lotteries are a farce. I don't don't like them, and I get why. I get the excuse for them, like, so teams won't tank. They tank anyway. Like, that's just stupid. I I would just give it to the worst team. Well, Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: I mean. Right there.
1: So, yeah, so anyway, so here's the thing. If you're going to if you're going to do, you know, if teams are going to tank and stuff, they have to do EPL. You got to go EPL style relegation. Bottom three teams. You're in the AHL. See you later. Right. Piss See. off. You yeah. know, if they went relegation in, in hockey. That would be really interesting. It would be amazing. I think they should amazing. do it in all the sports. Yeah. So that you can't have a a team that just is like, oh yeah, we're gonna go forty wins, we're gonna go forty yeah. and one hundred and twenty, or we're gonna yeah. go you know oh and sixteen and try to get.
2: Well, I mean that's the price you pay to enter the rigged lottery. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you've you got have, to suck so bad, right? That you get into the most favorable odds possible, and then you've got to have something that the commissioner of the NHL wants to w with the number one overall pick for mm-hmm.
0: it would, it would force the small market, non-traditional hockey areas to actually have a good team because as soon as they went to the NHL, they would fold. Yeah. Like it, 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 they just wouldn't survive relegation. Um, but I, well, I think I it's think a great what, idea. That
2: would be terrible for the league overall. I think,
0: I think, I think it's, I think I would love relegation. Just try it one year. It would be so, it would be, it would be amazing. amazing. Oh, it I really would love would it. Be. It really would be. Um yeah so the, so the wild get a couple of guys and hopefully they can get it right as well. So that'll do it for this episode of the Inside the Ring podcast and we'll be back again soon. Thanks a lot for listening and we will talk to you soon. Thanks.